Coming up on this episode of the Endpoint Zone, you're going to see how Microsoft Endpoint Manager is coming together across all of your devices, giving you that single unified view from the cloud, providing cloud intelligence across your entire set of devices. And Brad, you're going to talk about Edge. Yeah, we're going to talk about why Edge should be the default browser that you set by policy across all your devices. We're also going to go give you an in-depth view of endpoint analytics in the productivity score that's in private preview right now. Hello and welcome to episode 2007 of the Endpoint Zone with Brad Anderson. Brad, I would say welcome back, but you are in your house and that would be very strange <laughs> to welcome you to your own home. <laughs> so well said. Oh my word, like welcome back to your office, Brad. Uh, you know, it's so fascinating. You know, we've done this a couple of times now. I don't think if you would have asked us back in March if we'd be doing this, you know, in July, let alone are we going to be doing this, you know, several months from now, a year from right now. What a change. What a change the world has gone through. It really has. It's incredible. I mean, we're just at that point in time where um, we're starting to do Inspire and get ready for Inspire. I know you've been recording content for that, but that's really the thing. You're always preparing for yeah. whatever that next thing is. But this time, it's all digital and it's it's different. Yeah, last week we had a crew in here that had a green screen set up in my office. You know, we were recording my Inspire session. It's kind of strange to be, you know, a more than a week away from Inspire, but I've already delivered my session. Like I yeah. feel no stress right now, you know? <laughs> it's, it's kind of strange. They've taken these events which are very synchronous and made them really asynchronous at the same yeah. time. Um, I think that's happening to everybody's work lives at the moment as well. We're all yeah, kind of trying to figure that piece out. Yeah, and it's really interesting for us, you know, we just finished our fiscal years. Our fiscal year goes from July 1 until, you know, June 30th. And, you know, so for us, it's a time right now where we've all been reflecting about, you know, hey, did we meet, achieve, overachieve the, the objectives we set for our fiscal year, which is what our, you know, all of our compensation is based on, and then preparing for the next year, you know, and so for the last couple of months, you know, we've been making sure that we we were going to achieve everything that we set out to do, and then set what the goals were for next year. So maybe I'll just start by just giving a couple of reflections on a couple of the key things I think will be interesting for people to understand. And then I just want to talk specifically about a couple of things that we're doing in how MEM comes together, some of the things around helping improve the user experience. But I do want to spend some time specifically talking about Edge and the modern browser. So first of all, you know, in terms of, of you know, what we've accomplished in terms of um, Microsoft Endpoint Manager, you know, we are now managing more than 200 million uh, devices through Microsoft Endpoint Manager. So our MAD monthly active devices is well north of 200 million. Uh, and in, in terms of hitting all of our goals, you just, just blew them out of the water, not by 10%, not by 40%, but more like by 50 and 60% in terms of the usage targets. What I thought would be most interesting for people to understand is what we're seeing in terms of the trend of people either moving to Intune entirely or attaching Intune. So I think the best way to kind of for people to understand what has been happening, if you're to look a year ago on July 1, 2019, you know, there were about 60 million, 65 million Windows 10 devices that were being managed by MEM. And 5% of those were attached to Intune, you know, either standalone or co-management. Yeah. Today, okay, so July 1, 2020, there are now, you know, more than 110 million uh, Windows 10 devices that are being by, managed by MEM. So we effectively doubled the number of Windows 10 devices, but more than 15% of those are now being managed by Intune. And so it's been a fascinating growth and it's accelerating. 
You know, so this year, you know, we went from five to 15% of all Windows devices that are being managed by Microsoft Endpoint Manager being attached to Intune. You know, so next year it'll be at least 10%. Let's just say it's 15%. So now you're at 30% of all the devices that are attached to the cloud. The year after that, you know, it'll accelerate more. So is it 45, 50%? You know, it'll be in that range. But I think for everybody here that's watching this and kind of asking what is happening with customers that are attaching to the cloud, moving more up to the cloud, it is happening, it's accelerating, and you should be doing it right now as well. And I think those numbers just prove out what is happening. The other thing I would just mention is in terms of the number of devices that are in a co-management space, that number grew by 400% over the last 12 months. So really phenomenal growth. So what I think would be interesting here, Simon, is just to kind of talk about a couple of things that we are doing to help customers make that um, that addition. I, I wouldn't say make that move or make that migration. It is literally, how do I just attach Intune to my Config Manager deployment so I actually get all of them and I can start taking advantage of the cloud. So why don't you walk us through some of the things that we've been doing in that space? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is the, the real reason why customers are doing this, I think, is um, because they get to leverage the power of the cloud, the intelligence that we can provide um, from the cloud over everything they're doing today. And you're right, it doesn't mean they have to make a massive change to their existing ways of working or their own existing environment to make this happen. So we'll switch across to uh, to my screen and uh, I'll start to walk you through a little bit of this. So here I am inside of the Microsoft 365 Admin Center and you can see that I'm looking at my productivity score. So that's telling me how well my organization is communicating, how well they're collaborating on content and how well they're working on mobility. It's also, uh, in this case, not showing a lot of information because um, my organization is not using much inside of this demo tenant. But if I scroll down a little, you'll see my endpoint analytics as well. This is giving me a view as to um, how my organization is doing with its endpoints and the management of those endpoints compared to uh, the benchmark across other organizations. So in this case, you can see that I'm actually doing a little better than the benchmark. Uh, the benchmarks at this level here, this 50 level, and I'm, my uh, startup benchmarks are, are a little higher. That's good. Um, it helps me to then understand what I need to do to drill in to go a little further. So if I click on Endpoint Analytics, I can dive in here to Endpoint Analytics and get some more information on exactly what's happening. Here you can see that I can see my Endpoint Analytics score. Um, I've got a score of 84, and here um, the baseline that we're comparing to is 50. I can change my baseline. This is doing an all organizations baseline, but I can create my own. And so one thing I might want to do is compare my all organization uh, baseline against just the VIPs inside of my organization. How are my CIO, the CEO um, doing with their PC performance? From here, I can also start to see um, what things are causing me to um, get a better benchmark or a lower benchmark. So I can see that I have um, my startup performance is good compared to my benchmark. My recommended software is a little bit higher than my benchmark, so that's good. And I'm also getting insights and recommendations. Across here on the right-hand side, I can very quickly see that um, 88% of the devices that we've got can't be rebuilt with autopilot. So maybe we want to get them enrolled to be um, working against autopilot. Uh, you can see that 41% of the devices aren't being cloud managed. They're just being managed through um, configuration manager, not necessarily connected um, through co-management as well. I can also see that some of my PCs are not en enrolled in Azure Active Directory. So I can start to kind of address some of those issues. If I drill into startup performance, what I'm gonna find once this loads is a little bit more um, deeper data. You can see what my core score is around boot, 
and then I actually get that blown out to see a little bit more data here. I can see that I've got three group policies, which are taking a little time to apply. Uh, and my time to sign in screen is a little longer, uh, is a little shorter than the rest of my baseline. I can also see a little further down um, that my time to desktop is a little longer than my baseline um, and that my time to be on a responsive desktop is a little shorter. So this all starts to help me drill into um, those things that maybe I need to have a look at. If I go and have a look at my group policy and see why um, that's being slowed down, I can see across my entire estate um, what my boot time is, uh, what my group policy group time is on those machines. I can see my sign-in time. I can start to get a real picture of how things are progressing across uh, my entire um, PC estate. I can also do proactive remediations. One of the things that we found when we started to roll this out inside of Microsoft was that some very simple scripts could solve a lot of problems. So here I can create a script package and I can then deploy that script package out to um, my uh, environment and it will run to enable to um, solve some of those issues that I might be seeing on a regular basis, like restarting some services that might fall over um, every so often inside of my organization on a regular basis. It really means that uh, I can start to avoid some of the problems that have been causing those um, performance issues inside of my environment. So that's some of what we can do today with uh, endpoint analytics, which is in preview. Um, we've already got um, tons of people looking at this inside of preview, starting to um, really understand how performance is running inside of their organization. I'm going to switch across though now into um, my devices view inside of the Endpoint Manager Admin Center. So this is a view of all of the devices that are being um, looked after by any portion of um, Microsoft Endpoint Manager. It could be managed by Intune, that's these first few devices. Then we've got devices that are being co-managed. And then we've also got some devices that are only managed by Config Manager. And so you can now start to get a full picture across your entire um, PC estate inside of your organization of where those devices are and exactly what they're doing. And that's not even your PC estate, it's across all your devices. So Windows, iOS, Android, Mac, this inclusive of partners like Jamf, their, their devices appear in here. This is the one list of your entire device estate. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're bringing everything into, into one single view. Um, and I can execute bulk actions if I want to against those machines. What I'm going to do now, though, is I'm actually just going to go down to this one PC just here. And, um, and Simon, hey, even before you do that, let me just mention something to everybody here. To get what you just saw Simon um, demonstrating, you do not have to go enable co-management on all your devices. All you have to do is what is called tenant attached. It's a new capability that we, that we released in Config Manager 2002. And it literally is a couple of clicks of the mouse. And what it does is it enables us to upload all of your Config Manager managed devices up into Microsoft Endpoint Manager in the cloud. You get that one list and you can take actions on all of your devices. Like if there's one thing that you go do after watching this, go enable tenant attach because it brings immediate value. It's IT, a couple of clicks only, nothing has to happen on the endpoint, nothing has to happen by the end user. There's immediate value. Yeah, there really is. And this is one of those machines uh, which is purely managed through tenant attach. It's a configuration manager managed client. And you can see just here that it's um, a co-managed managed client and it's not on the internet. So it's not um, got direct internet access. That's pretty awesome. This is actually information about this machine, which is coming up to um, the endpoint manager console in real time 
from the configuration manager infrastructure. And just to explain what that really means, if I go into CM Pivot here, I can start to run tasks uh, remotely against my um, connected PC. So let's say in this case, I do IP config. What this is going to do is it's going to run the CM Pivot task down to um, the configuration manager infrastructure. Then from there, it's going to go down to the configuration manager client on this PC. It's going to run the IP config task inside of CM Pivot on the PC. And then it's going to pass that to configman and then in real time back up into um, the endpoint manager console. And you'll see it's really quick. It took about 18 seconds there for this one to run through um, and to bring that information right back for me um, into the console. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, um, and the way the solution works is it actually it runs in parallel. So if you had 10,000 or 100,000 devices out there, you could run that kind of a task. It goes out, you know across all of the devices, whether they're behind the firewall, whether they're outside of the firewall, and brings that data back in a matter of seconds. Yeah, it really is super, super cool. And this is um, something that actually can replace uh, many different um, agents that you might be running inside of your infrastructure today. Um, specifically, this really helps to um, do real-time queries on the status of devices. Um, so that can replace things like Tanium inside of your um, your organization if that's being used to be able to do some of that real-time um, information scraping off of those endpoints. What yeah, I've just done the, is actually... And then the practical remediations that you showed can replace agents like from, say, NextThink. You know, and so this is really, it's, it's actually less about how much you can save by not having to buy those subscriptions or licenses. It's why would you inflict that tax on your entire PC estate every minute of every day of every week of every month of every year. You know, one of the key things about modernizing is, you know, you, you, you try to simplify it and you get rid of a bunch of these ages on your endpoints. Now, of course, you know, what we have in here is not going to be as feature rich as next thing or as, you know, Tanium, but you know what you can do an awful lot with it. And so it's one of those pieces where you should take a look at this and say, hey, I already own this. I'm already using this. It's all just built in to the mem agent. Why would I want to apply more things down there? Yeah, and that all comes back to um, what we're doing inside of endpoint analytics and startup performance. We're actually starting to pausing those PCs to encounter those users and encounter um, problems along the way. The other piece that I want to, to do whilst we're in here, I'm just going to go back to um, this timeline feature, which is uh, something we've just added in. This is going to start to show me um, a timeline of things that have occurred on this particular endpoint. So in this case, what we can see is that a few days ago, um, we had a, a shutdown that was initiated by something called Runtime Broker, um, and that started a shutdown on behalf of this particular user. So that's pretty useful. Across here, though, behind that, across here we can see this red error um, bar on the chart, and what that's telling me is that uh, I have an application error. This uh, bad app.exe ran and crashed the PC. It caused it to blue screen. So now this is amazing information. I can start to use this information, aggregate it, and I'll start to say, actually, badapp.exe is causing my PCs to get rebooted in my environment and causing stop errors. That's obviously causing downtime for my end users, and I can start to think about how do I replace that application and how do I remediate those kind of problems. And one of the coolest things, when we were actually building uh, this app to be able to show you today, um, we actually started uh, this process of kind of uh, clicking this application here. Um, it's all logged in at being just around about uh, what 11.43 this morning when this kicked off. That really was real time. Within a matter of about 30 seconds, 
we had the red bar appear in this chart um, after we clicked the badapp.exe and caused that machine to to crash. So it's amazing how fast the uh, the data starts to flow back into Endpoint Manager. The uh, the one other thing yeah, that I want to let, let, let me give a couple of little more color on this. Um, you know, as we uh, to kind of give you an idea of just the interest in this. You know. Simon just showed you endpoint analytics. It's in private preview right now. And in private preview, you have all the different categories of capabilities. What's been what's been fascinating for us and the endpoint manager team is the endpoint analytics, you know, part of productivity score has been by far the one area in productivity score where the most people are engaging by quite a by quite a a, 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 a large amount. So the interest is super high in this. And in fact, in private preview in the first two weeks, there were more than two million endpoints that were registered with the service because you know people are just hungry to understand what the experience is and how to improve it likewise you know we talk about tenant attached in the first week after we released tenant attached there were a million endpoints that were attached and being and taking advantage of the things that we just showed you so easy to use easy to engage with high value that comes with you know literally just just doing a little bit of work from an it pro standpoint it's something you should definitely be doing yeah, so Simon, I know you're going to go and talk about another way that we're bringing, um, showing that MEM is actually one service and not multiple products. Why don't you show us the uh, the new company portal? Yeah, so here I am inside of uh, one of my client PCs. Um, this is a literally just a, a, a PC, and here we've got the software center, um, which is coming from Configuration Manager, and we have the company portal from the Intune side of things. Now, in the past, when we had a PC in this state, which is a co-managed PC, we would have some applications inside of Software Center that were coming just from Configuration Manager and some applications inside of Company Portal that were coming just from Intune. Now what we're able to do is inside of uh, the Company Portal, we're showing applications from MEM across the entire piece that are targeted to um, this particular device. It's really great because in the past, customers got and users got a little confused around which place they needed to go to get their apps. Now there's just one place, Company Portal. Yeah, and I apologize to everybody that we hadn't done this earlier. I don't know why we didn't get this done earlier. You know, I apologize that it was confusing. You had two places to go and deploy software from. It wasn't integrated. Now, if you're asking, hey, what is the future for all the endpoint uh, manager for where everything's going to be serviced at? It is Company Portal. So that's the direction that all of you should be looking at how you start to move your publishing. And again, you don't have to change anything in Config Manager. Once you, you know, go into a model where you've got tenant attached and you're looking at, you know, using all of MEM, the uh, the applications will appear in in Company Portal from both Intune and from Config Manager. One of the things I also wanted to touch base on is is the modern browser. You know, when I think about the conversation of how to modernize, you know, what comes to my mind is you start to move aspects of the edge up into the cloud. You know, so if you just kind of step back for a minute and think about what the industry's been doing for the last decade in terms of the move to the cloud, we've been moving the data center to the cloud. So, you know, in a lift and shift in terms of your, you know, from uh, from an internet as a uh, um, infrastructure as a service, new apps are, are, are natively developed as cloud apps. And the shift from office on-prem to office up in the cloud, Office 365, is just a shift of that workload in the data center up into our cloud with a bunch of AI that we apply to it. But what about the edge? You know, is the edge shifting up into the cloud? How is it going to shift up? What's going to shift up? And so that is actually one of the key parts about modernization. So you think about modernization, the management control plane shifts into the cloud, identity control plane shifts into the cloud, security shifts into the cloud. You know, things like you think about Windows Virtual Desktop for a minute, Windows Virtual Desktop takes the Windows experience, which is usually run at the edge and moves it into the cloud. 
But one of the other core things about modernization is using a modern browser. And, you know, for a couple of years, I, I, it's a pretty common question that I've got from customers, which, hey, what should I use for my modern browser across all my devices? And quite honestly, before January of this year, you only had one choice, and that was Chrome. You know, because we had brought out the new Edge, it wasn't cross-platform yet, and it didn't go down to Windows 7. But boy, has the new Edge changed that conversation. So the new Edge that we released, you know, in early 2020 is based upon the same engine that's called Chromium that Chrome is based on. It's an open source project, and it is the engine that has 100% compatibility with the world's um, um, internet sites, okay, or websites. And so in the past, you know, you had to make this decision, huh, if I use Internet Explorer, is it going to be compatible with all the world websites? But yet I have internal apps that, are requ that, that require Internet Explorer, and it just was a kind of a no-win situation for you. And so, you know, what I would propose now is Edge is by far the best solution for you to standardize as your commercial browser or browser for company things across all your platforms. And let me explain to you why I think that is the case. The first thing, I, as I would say, the new Edge has higher levels of compatibility with your apps and what your users are going to access than Chrome does. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, how does it have more compatibility if it's based upon the same Chromium engine? Aha, uh -huh. here's the difference. Many of you have likely got websites that require IE. Well, in Edge, we also have the IE engine in there. So you have the Chromium compatibility and you have the IE compatibility. So now anywhere your users go to, whether it's an internal app or an external app, if it requires IE, we automatically detect it and we'll launch IE. But it, 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 I'm sorry, we don't launch IE. We bring up the app, we bring up the website in the browser in Edge, but it's using IE compatibility, but it's in a single app. Okay, we'll show that. I was going to show that to you in a minute. So the first thing, reason I would tell you why I think you should use Edge as your default browser is you have higher levels of compatibility. The second is you have higher levels of privacy. You think about it for a minute. The, the, the core engine itself is common. So now what really matters is what are the incremental values that Microsoft and, and Google are putting on top of that Chromium engine? And the first thing that I would say is, listen, Microsoft's business model, our predominant business model is not ads-based. Google's is. You know, so their entire business is based upon basically making money on your data. I'm just going to leave it there because it does drive behaviors. But there's all kinds of things that we've built into Edge that will automatically block trackers and those kind of things. It's, it's amazing to me every time I go in and I bring up um, Edge on my mobile device, it just always amazes me when it tells me how many trackers and stuff have been blocked. So you, so you get higher levels of, of, um, of privacy. You get higher levels of manageability and security and compliance. And this is a place the thing that shines more than anything. Edge, we treat it just like we do all the Office apps. And so, you know, you, you know what we've done in the Office apps over the last several years where we've built Intune, AAD, Azure Information Protection. All that's been natively built into the Office apps. Well, guess what? Edge is just another Office app in our mind. And so we've built all that in as well. So all of that same infrastructure that you're using, you know, conditional access, the data loss prevention capabilities that you already know in the Office apps all apply to Edge, and that is unique to Edge. And then the final thing is, you know, you do get it cross-platform, you know, things like your, 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 um, your favorites follow you. One of the cool things I love about the new Edge is it has a corporate landing page. So when I bring up Edge, it doesn't come and show me, you know, kind of like, what Kim Kardashian did because this is showing me a bunch of news articles. It actually brings up a page that says, here are the last documents that you access on. Do you want to access them? And so it, it, it presents to me the browser in the context of who I am at work. And so what I would propose to you 
is you should make the decision that Edge should be your default browser for accessing your commercial data, your organization's data. And I would encourage you to go actually go in and set it as the default browser for, you know, in, inside of the settings, for example, in Windows, and you can do that easily with inside of Intune. That doesn't preclude your users from if they want to use Chrome for their personal browsing, it doesn't preclude them from doing it. But anytime the user clicks on, a, for example, a link in an email or in a document, it's automatically going to open up in the default browser. And with that, you can do like your data loss prevention, conditional access, all those kinds of policies inside of Edge. And you can do that across the platforms. And so that, that would be my um, my suggestion for you. So, you know, Simon, why don't you kind of give them a view of how IE compatibility works inside of the new Edge? Yeah, so um, let me switch across to my screen and then take a quick look. Okay, so you can see that I'm actually um, in my browser here. I'm in Edge. Um, I'm actually running it in private mode in this point in time just because it keeps it easier on my machine. Um, but the URL that I've typed in here is actually a URL that only works on Internet Explorer. Um, it's the Microsoft Volume Licensing Center. Uh, link. So if I just hit enter here, um, it's going to go off and get to that. You notice that here on the left hand side, next to the security icon, we have um, the Internet Explorer mode icon. And actually, one of the cool things, if I bring up my task manager and expand out my Edge task instead of task manager, you can see that we are indeed actually running real Internet Explorer um, behind the scenes here for this to be able to access this particular set of sites. Now, uh, one other neat little thing, if I type in edge colon slash slash compact, what that's going to do is it's actually going to show me the list of um, published sites from within Microsoft that have been published down so that every Microsoft employee um, will hit enterprise mode for all of these sites. And that's what you have to do, you just publish the, the XML internally. There's a ton of documentation on how to make it happen. But it means that the browser journey from the end user is completely seamless. There's no need for them to ever think, do I need to launch Internet Explorer or do I need to use uh, Edge? They just use their browser. Super, super cool experience. Yeah, I love it. I, you know, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't think there's a, re there's a reason why an organization would not make Edge the default browser. Higher compatibility, higher privacy, higher security. Uh, it's a, it, it, is, it is the way to go, and it is cross-platform, and so it's just it's just a great browser. I love it. I, I think it was one of those those amazing decisions that was made a couple of years ago to go place it on top of Chromium, and it was the right thing to do for so many many reasons. So I'm super proud of the team for making that call and, and just executing on that super well. Yeah, I guess I think it's a wrap. Yeah, I think so. One of the things that I I love about using Edge is the fact that actually I can be browsing something on my phone, and I can actually just send it to my PC, and it will open up on the browser on my PC as well. Um, and that's because it's the same browser being run on every platform. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. It is. I'm just, I'm just noticing here, Simon. Yeah, I think we um, we actually dressed alike today. I'm not sure how that happened. We did. I, I think it's uh, it's wardrobe coordination. <laughs> I think that's what's, uh, what's happening. Um, next, next time, I'm gonna have to come with glasses and a wig so I can actually really try to 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 you know give you my my impression of Simon. <laughs> we'll have to see if we can get you a uh, get you a Simon wig. I'm uh, I'm not sure that anybody is manufacturing those uh, at this point in time though. Um, it's been a lot of fun, Simon. It, it, it's uh, th these are these are highlights for me. Yeah, it really is for me as well. Um, thank you, folks, very much for watching. Uh, we will see you next time uh, on the Endpoint Zone with Brad Anderson.